what I've been doing for women of Hong Kong, exercising empathy, self-awareness, being patient, being really patient because trust me, <laughs> running a network with a lot of women, you know, there's bound to be conflict. So there's a lot of patience and honestly, I love it. But if I'm not bringing that part of me into my personal life towards my son, mm -hmm. then I'm not being real about it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, nomads of the world. I'm Nikhil Nagarkar, and you're listening to The Nomadic Mic. So if you had to start your own club or community today, how many people do you think would join? If you had, let's say, one person who joined you, would you still be motivated to keep going? You know, the journey on the Nomadic Mic has been such, and it's been heartwarming for me to see friends, family, and people whom I haven't heard from in years continue to encourage me on this show. Uh, there have been times where I would wake up in the morning, check my DMs on Instagram, and I'd be welcomed with a message from a person whom I haven't heard from since like 2010 saying, hey man, I've listened to the podcast, keep it going. And it's given me a lot of encouragement, so thank you. But in that vein, I want to introduce you to today's guest who has been an inspiration for me when it comes to starting, growing, and taking care of your community. I'm talking about none other than Sarah V, the founder of Women of Hong Kong. A true leader is able to galvanize people towards a single mission, and she's managed to gather 6,500 active, empowered women who support each other in all areas of life, business, health, wealth, and every other area that you can think of. So without further ado, let's find out how she's done this in just a year and a half. And if you're trying to build something of your own, I highly, highly recommend this episode for you. So let's get into it. Sarah V on the Nomadic Mic. I like that. Yeah. Keep it casual. Very casual. I mean, you know, when I started the podcast, I, I started because I love speaking to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I love getting to know people and I wanted a career in public speaking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's the fastest way to do that while building a network? Okay podcasting just do that podcasting i think it's perfect it would be a shame if you didn't go for it i've seen your videos oh. love 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 thank you what's your uh, what's your myers-briggs personality do you know oh gosh um is it odd to say that it changed two three times i can't recall which one i just mm. know it's purple purple it's purple i didn't even know they had purple ones oh, they wait, have they purple oh yeah, yeah are you the are you an extrovert you're an extrovert <sighs> I'm a closet introvert. Okay. Weird to say because I don't know. A lot of people don't assume I'm an, an introvert. Yeah. But half of the things that I've built under Women of Hong Kong is has a lot has the introvert personality in mind. That's like really sometimes it's. Have you? Do you have introvert friends? I have several introvert friends. Do you see that it might be difficult for them to? socialize or network yes they kind of quiet down and clam up yes or just don't even want to go anywhere yeah so now imagine an introvert trying to be an entrepreneur mm. how do you succeed mm. difficult entrepreneurship is multifaceted right yeah. like you need to have the ability to to build something yeah. um and you need to have the ability to market at the same time yeah and i think what you're referring to specifically is more on the marketing side of things yeah whereas if you're an extrovert you might be really good at marketing, but you might not be so good at building. I, I don't know what that's like on, on that. Like I said, I'm a closet introvert. It comes off like I have, I think I have extrovert traits, Yeah. but I relate more to introverts. I like to keep to myself mm -hmm. when it's not work related. I see. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, we know each other, I suppose more so on a professional capacity and professional level, more so than a personal level. And uh, what I have noticed about your personal life is you do keep a very small circle around you. Yes. And I, I myself keep a very small circle of close, trusted people around me. Mm -hmm. But I, I identify as an extrovert okay. because I do get energy from other people, but people also drain me out. And it's yes. completely personality-based. Yeah. It depends on what kind of person you are. You have to deal with 
what, 6,500 personalities now <laughs> with women of Hong Kong. How are you managing that while also maintaining your mental health? Um, I would start with being very clear of my intention before I enter any conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, that's proven really useful for me because as a as a people pleaser mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> might still have a little bit of that, but um, as a people pleaser, I would lose myself in conversation trying to identify what the person across me wants. And then subconsciously, I, I develop my conversation notes based on what they might assume would be good conversation that will this person like me if i keep talking if yes then i'll you know so now though i would say okay i'm going to this conversation with somebody that wants to meet me for coffee because Mm. their intention is this Mm -hmm. so i need to make sure my intention isn't to say yes to everything Mm -hmm. but at least give them the space to say what they like Mm -hmm. figure out if there's something we can do together Mm -hmm. and that's how I, I would say that's how I've survived a lot of conversations and personalities, mm-hmm. knowing that I don't attach um, myself based on what they would want. Because mm. I've, I've lost myself too many times, mm. whether it's in a business setting or a personal setting. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about how do I make this person happy? If you look at other people and how they live their lives, and if you're constantly just absorbing other people's energies, other people's yeah. personalities, then it's very natural to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. But what I find uh, is difficult for a lot of people that I've spoken to, including myself at, at some point in time, maybe even now, is establishing what those values are mm-hmm. in my life that are my own, that I truly value. Because having values, being a value-driven human being, being mm-hmm. a value-driven person, uh, it's, easy, it's easy to say, it's fun to say, but sticking by your guns and what you truly believe is difficult to do for anybody. Especially when you're challenged for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's when it's really tested. Yeah, because you know that this person in front of you has opposing views. Mm. Um, I see it in two ways. They have opposing views, so you need to have this level of self-control or self-awareness not to push them in the, the direction of believing your side. Mm-hmm. So you know that could get emotional and then the second part is not being pulled into what their ideals are again because you want to make them feel comfortable discomfort yeah is painful in conversations but when you know how to how to navigate discomfort in in conversations even silence like right now uncomfortable for some but Mm. when you're secure with yourself you can you can contain that Yeah, I've noticed that on a lot of podcasts. Like, you'll have uh, obviously on social media when we cut 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 up clips from podcast episodes, you have to make it really choppy because people are impatient. Yeah. But when you watch the full length of uh, full length podcast, three hours, two hours, oh. there are people who take their time to speak, and it, yeah, and there's something charming about it because yeah. because I mean, it's not like everyone's brain is working like that. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. think ideas, and then it takes a little bit of time to digest and build on top of that in our heads. Yeah. Agree, agree. I used to be the person that, oof, silence is so uncomfortable. I'd rattle on. I'd rattle on. Even though the person in front of me is just, again, like you said, taking their time to think of the next question or just be immersed in conversation. So, you know, they're (laughs) like, huh, good, good one, good answer. And they're, and I'm like, yeah, but so did it. So I've learned that to stop doing that, to stop filling the air with, conversation Mm. is to really listen Mm. because if people continue rattling on in conversations it could be because they're not really listening they're too busy in their head thinking i don't want to make him uncomfortable and i'm self-projecting because silence makes me uncomfortable so he must be uncomfortable so i Mm. need to keep talking Mm. Mm. and yeah i I don't know psychology is fun (laughs) yeah no i i i think a big reason why i wanted to speak to you on this show is because our first conversation was 10 minutes of us playing ping pong with psychology. Oh my gosh, I remember that. I remember which booth we were standing in front of and it wasn't even Women of Hong Kong booth. It was like three booths away. Yeah, yeah, no, it was was amazing. And I was like, wow, I really need to speak to this person when she has time. (laughs) And so we have some time right now. 
Um, I know Women of Hong Kong has been uh, growing rapidly over a year. A year and a half. A year and a half. A year and a half. Um, why did you start Women of Hong Kong? Um, and kind of like what, 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 yeah, what spurred Women of Hong Kong to even begin? It might sound selfish, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe people start businesses based on their own needs. Mm. And being a Filipina in Hong Kong, I'm neither classed as a local nor an expat. So the first need I had was to feel like I belong somewhere. Yeah. Um, it could have been a subconscious need that I've had for a very long time because at, like when we met, I told you I just entered this phase in my life of self-awareness. I, it was like baby steps. So that, that was a year and a half ago. Um, so I didn't really know I needed community, but I knew a part of me wanted it. And if, if I wanted it, I wonder how many other women want that too. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was I wasn't sure who to ask help from do I go to a business network or a Filipino organization or you know there's all these questions of where do I start where do I start yes I want help um, so I've, I've curated women of Hong Kong in a way where it's easy for you to just start with asking a question just out there hmm. and there's over 400 women in the chat you're going to get at least one answer sure and it's always redirection so it was based on my needs. That's the first one. Um, and the second was, it's always tough to answer wh- why you started Women of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It was already in existence. I was a club manager mm-hmm. um, working for various restaurants and bars. Uh, my background's PR and events and branding. And you know, naturally, I would connect with more women than my own personal network because they would come in for drinks and stuff. So I thought, why don't we create a tiny social group of women that just like to meet up and have a drink and happy hour, you know? Mm. Um, It started with 12 women and then it went up to 20, 30, 60, 100. Mm -hmm. Within about three months, we had over 200 or 300 women in a Facebook group. This was 2014. Uh, WhatsApp wasn't a thing yet. WhatsApp groups didn't even really exist. Mm-hmm. And then in 2015, we migrated from the Facebook group to WhatsApp. By then, the WhatsApp, the Facebook group, sorry, the Facebook group already had about 2,000 women in it because it was so simple. Mm-hmm. Girls just socializing, having drinks yeah. after work. And, you know, women would bring their friends, their sister, their colleagues, and like, come with me. There's this group of girls that I drink with and it just blew up. Yeah. Um, I liked that it was already in existence. I just didn't really do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our average girl group. Drinks here, brunch there, presents for mom, sister, recommendations, anything. But it wasn't until the protest started in Hong Kong and then COVID did I really see it as like, wow, this has potential to change anybody that's part of it Mm -hmm. in a good way, in a very supportive way because the recommendations switched from, you know, brunch spots to cocktails to, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? You can swear as much as you like. They were like, holy shit, (laughs) I lost my job. Mm. I'm throwing my CV out there into the chat if anyone can help because I'm desperate. I've had women private message me, say, hey, my sister's in the group. Mm. Um, I don't want to ask this because it will, you know, bring up red alarms or red red flags, but could you ask if anyone has a divorce lawyer contact or, and there were so many real estate recommendations, uh, licensing, shutting down a venue, losing my shop, having to pivot and create a virtual career because COVID shut down a lot of the shop. It was crazy. So we went from social fun group to a help hotline of women asking other women for help. And it was just about 180 or 200 in a WhatsApp group. So this went from 2018 till 2020. For two years, I was like, oh, this could be something. But on the side, I'm I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, I just got lucky with this network. I don't Mm -hmm. deserve to do anything with Mm -hmm. it. It was because I had a job in f and b so you know who am i to say i own it but yeah now i can say yeah i 
I ran that. I started it. So I am deserving of the good things coming coming my way. But I struggled. Mm -hmm. 2018, 19, 20, 20. I was like, I could make this into something nice. Not because it was money-wise for me, but because women need something like this. Mm -hmm. And I think, like I said, I had that need of being part of something. Selfish need, but it was helpful, I guess. Um so in 2021 after three years of just you know teetering off the idea i finally announced it to the whatsapp group i was like hey ladies i'm going to build a website it's very simple the concept is simple Mm. we're going to send this landing page to friends Mm -hmm. as a form of referral because everybody was home nobody was going out anymore Mm um and all they have to do is put their email in and then they automatically get a WhatsApp link to the chat yeah. and they get to, oh my Free. goodness. This was in February. I announced it in January, released a landing page in February. And when I released a landing page, they were like, you could do more. Can we meet up? Can we do virtual events? Mm-hmm. So then I, I sent out a survey type form, free stuff. Yeah. I said, okay, ladies, well, there's been requests of like adding a, a page or two to the website. I didn't really think much of it. Mm-hmm. And I sent it out. What would help you yeah. when this community grew? Mm-hmm. What do you want this mm-hmm. community to become? And I was very surprised at the answers and extremely grateful um, because it wouldn't have been the website I built. I built the network based on what the members said they needed. Mm-hmm. So the top one was networking in both yep. social and business. Yep. Number two was a place to list their business. You mm-hmm. know, you have LinkedIn, you have Facebook, but they wanted pages that would really show off what they built without them having to pay for mm-hmm. um, media and press. And mm-hmm. so I built that. I mm-hmm. built the page. I coded it in a way where they could just submit their business listing. Yeah. And it just pops up when you Google a member's business page, even if they don't have a website, it shows up. Under the Women of Hong Kong directory. Yeah. Yes, okay. which is now known as a you know female business-led directory of Hong Kong, which is very cool, because if cool. you wanted to support them, it would be that. And then there's something about parents meeting up, single moms, kids, um, freelance jobs. I, I need freelance uh, opportunities because, you know, my company closed down, I got fired, or. So I built all that and it took me till August to launch. Mm-hmm. Um, but from February till August, it just blew up. Yeah. And that's, I think I, I met your, your dad mm-hmm. in June when I went to the convention center. I had, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had an iPad and the idea and I, every single woman that would pass by would be I'd say, hi, hello, um, can I get a minute of your time? And some of them are like, no. And some of them are like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm not buying anything. I'm like, I'm not selling anything except an idea, and I promise you it's free. They're like, free? What is it? So I would rattle off about, like, can you imagine if you had access to a network that just belonged to you, and it was just women in the city that you're in, and you don't need to be anybody. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be of a certain age. You don't need to be Filipina or Australian or Nepalese. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. It's just a chat. Yeah. And it's just a network. And mm. I kid you not, I, I don't know. I didn't, I remember doing the math and I was blown away because I think we got 200. No, not think. I'm very sure. I will never forget this number. 278 in-person signups over a span of three and a half days and our voice was gone but it was like whoa we got nearly 300 women on board before the website released and we told them that we're gonna do a launch party and it just kind of blew up sorry i realize i rattled on i get really passionate about the start of this network because i wouldn't be here unless women said yes to the idea Mm. And Mm. for every time someone congratulates me, like, you've done amazing, I'm like, honestly, I'd like to take that compliment, but I wouldn't be here if she didn't say yes, she didn't say yes, she didn't say yes. Yeah. I I built it, sure, but I don't own it. It belongs to everyone Mm. that said yes to it. Mm. And I'm always going to sing that tune. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to sing that tune, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. That was... uh, (laughs) clearly you're very passionate and i i, I mean I, I was doing another uh podcast episode yesterday of a, a guy who's running the motorverse corporation 
at Animoca Brands and Web3 and he was cool. just he was just like you. I mean, he, he couldn't stop talking about what, what he did. <laughs> and and that's exactly the kind of energy that you can't only have at the beginning, but you have to carry that throughout the entire process. Yes. Yes. You are essentially a key connector of people. And I've read a lot I've read and I've listened to a lot of podcasts, watched a lot of videos about how people start off building communities. And building communities is essentially about being that key connecting person that gets a lot of people to come together and then they just take off and do whatever they have to do. And that's what you've done. What I think you've been really successful at isn't just connecting people, but also tying a brand into it so that people stay within that brand. Yeah. And people don't just branch off and start doing their own thing that's very similar. Yeah. And, you know, rallying people under this umbrella of women of Hong Kong and maintaining it, that is something that I've personally been very impressed by. Because because let's let's be honest and let's be real about this. Another person could come by and have the exact same idea, maybe branded a little a, a little bit differently. Yeah. But how is Sarah V able to make sure that everyone stays within the brand and the brand grows internally? I like that question. I was just chatting with somebody about it today about what if somebody took all your ideas and did the same thing? And I said, look, the only, I, I would say first thing, good, do it. We need more. Mm-hmm. I would never ever say this is the best community and only community you should join. No, mm-hmm. I would say it's great. But even within our network, I'm always encouraging people to go join others. You know, because it's a self-development network. You need to. This is how we're thriving. Yeah. Um, also, when you said uh, that it's a successful community and I get to, it's it's really because there's parts of me that's often looking for what do you need? And mm. I think that adds to the success of it. Mm. Again, I don't build things because I'm like, oh, I might like this. Yeah. I would think about it and then I would go and ask. Do you think we should do this? Mm. Do you think we should do that? Um, and with your question, like how has I, with the brand, how has I how how sorry how have I maintained the success mm-hmm. and got people to just really believe in it? Is because it just goes back to that um, who I am as a person got challenged. You cannot, and I will say this again: you cannot build a community for people if you are not for people Mm. the way you are as a person and man my growth was rough um and i it's kind of like something i don't like saying out loud but i would probably i would say it here please i feel like this is such a safe space and you know i'm ready to say it the person who i was three four years ago would never be the woman I would sit with for coffee, lunch, or dinner. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend time with the old me. It was too difficult to sit with me. Um, and I wasn't empathetic. I had a lot of narcissistic traits. And, you know, that's a whole other story, but it comes from difficult pasts. But just because a person has difficult um, experiences in their life doesn't mean they have the right to be an asshole. Yeah. So I saw that. I finally saw that with myself. And I said, I don't like who I am. Why would anyone want to be friends with someone like me? Um, Self-realization. It's so tough because we never want to be wrong, right? When we talk about the brain, we're like, your prefrontal cortex just shuts down the moment you're challenged. You Mm -hmm. know, the moment your beliefs are like, you believe this, that much? No, I don't. You're wrong. And you're so you would even tell yourself, you're wrong. You're not, you're not wrong, but you're wrong for thinking you're wrong. So mm. it's like, ah, man, for me to maintain the network, it comes with, with me working on myself. Because how can I be empathetic towards other women, towards what they need, if I can't, you know, it, tune into that? And if I if if I need the ability to to tune into that, I need to start with myself. Am I kind with myself? Um, 
Am I patient? Am I taking space in conversation to listen to you? Mm-hmm. If, if I can't listen to you, that's because I can't listen to myself. I, if mm. I can't trust you, that's because I can't trust myself mm. with my own decision. You know, you can only love people to the extent that you love yourself. And you can swap that word love with any other word. Mm-hmm. You can only be so patient, so proud of other people's success if you finally are proud of your own successors. Mm-hmm. success. Um yeah, so how do I maintain the network? Honestly, I, I have to do a lot of self-work and reminder of the intention of why I'm doing this. Mm. Is it for money? No, it was mission-driven. It still is mission-driven. Money's coming in, thankfully, abundantly, but it's never going to pull me away. I like what I do, and I said this yesterday to somebody. I'd gladly do this for the rest of my life. It makes me a better person. I love how whenever I speak to other human beings, this idea of self-love always comes into conversation because I, I ha- literally had this conversation just yesterday where a lot of us use the same language to describe the experience of life. And the benefit of doing that is we all understand each other. And yeah. we, all, we all understand our shared experiences. But how I think it's a double-edged sword is by using the language that allows us to understand each other mm. maybe we're not forming the language that we need to understand ourselves so that's i mean that's a message that i kind of just want to put out there because yeah. i i love language i love vocabulary i love the nuance of language yeah. and words and what it could mean but at the same time when you get when you are the type of person that has to interact with other people a lot you have to absorb you have to understand what other people are about it's very easy to ignore what your needs are yes, in life and absolutely and like you like you said if you can't learn to love yourself how are you going to learn to love other people be happy for them yeah. and everything shows on the face yeah you, know? I mean, you, you can't you, fake it you can't and if you do it. you can't fake it for so long to be able to run mm-hmm. something like this like Precisely. i knew that Precisely. And I've heard this with, um, you know, like all the, the Jay Shetties of the world or the Lewis Howes or anybody else that we might listen to. Yeah. And you can't help but listen to these people sometimes and think, are they lying? Are they being true? Yeah. Is this a marketing strategy? Is this is a marketing this... strategy, right? Is everyone just singing the same tune because right. it, it works? Yeah, right? because everybody at one point was singing all praises of mental health and it kind of died down. But, you know, the people that are here for life it's it's consistent yeah it's consistent i, I think that would be the keyword mm. you'll notice if mm. it's real it's because it's consistent in their life outside of work mm. it's also at home mm-hmm. what i've been doing for women of hong kong exercising empathy self-awareness being patient being really patient because trust me running a network with a lot of women you know there's bound to be conflict so there's a lot of patience and honestly i love it but if i'm not bringing that part of me into my personal life towards my son mm-hmm. then i'm not being real about it am i patient mm-hmm. with my son am i uh, empathetic you know am i bring that into my relationships with my family my you'll see you'll see when people that sing songs about mental health and ask yourself if it's real Mm -hmm. go see their personal relationships Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what are their personal friends and what are their friends and family saying about them sure and i can tell you the start of women of hong kong i wasn't talk i didn't talk to my sister for two years me and her we had a bad relationship yeah um this is the first time I'm saying this publicly. I love you, sis. Um, but th- through the journey of building the network and advocating for mental health, I think she saw that from afar and I saw myself being ready to reconnect with her. And, you know, it's just different. It's just different when you do things in, in such an authentic way. Mm-hmm. You can't, I can't even stop it for myself if I tried. If I let my ego drive my decisions still, like mm-hmm. before, I would not be speaking to my sister or my mom. Mm. But my ego, thank 
goodness is you know like I'm more aware of it I can make better decisions sure because my ego is driving my decisions before. sure um, yeah you know a big part of uh, letting the ego slide is um, accepting that it's okay to ask for help yeah I find because you know if, if you're unable to ask somebody else for help let's say if, if it was uh, in the context of women of Hong Kong yeah there are women publicly asking for help yeah because COVID has uh, has dealt them the wrong hands right and of course you can only be empathetic with people who allow themselves to be empathetic with I don't even know if I phrase that correctly but you know what I'm trying to say no yeah no I, yeah. I understand yeah and um, look, I mean I'm happy that you uh, have reconnected with your sister a few years ago I did this uh, self-development course uh, that was very very confrontational and I'll, I'll explain why it was confrontational okay. because it was very confrontational because essentially the format of it was uh, it was a room filled with uh, let's say like 50 people okay and everyone would be sitting in the crowd and there would be one mic up on the stage mm. so uh, you would be prompted okay somebody come up and and uh, tell us why uh, you have a bad relationship let's say with your with your sibling right person would put their hand up yeah. they would go up and they would list out okay you know my sibling you know, called me an asshole when I was a kid in front of a hundred people and it really embarrassed me but I forgave her but then after that you know she used to make stuff up about me at home and I would always get in trouble with mom or yeah. whatever and it was this idea that over time we build stories about people in our lives and it's very difficult to let go of stories because at the end of the day as human intelligent human beings life is just a story yeah our brains are just models of an external world in our experience yeah so that whole that whole weekend was just unlearning uh everything that we thought we knew yeah. about the people in our lives and accepting that hey you can actually begin life uh with a fresh slate you need to let go of attachments yeah and while that sounds very uh, monk like yeah you know uh i think even in practice, like even though we're talking about it here on on the podcast, right? Yeah. It might inspire a few people who are listening. But yeah. actually putting this stuff into practice in life is a very mindful process that is difficult. And you said it earlier, it's a consistent endeavor, day I, in, day out. Yeah, I think what you said is perfect. It's true. And you, you can call it monk-like or some people. I think it's much needed. Anyone that shies away from what you just said means... It just means that they have things that they need to work on that they're afraid to address because that sentence alone, you know, that advice alone tells you to look at yourself and let go mm. of things that have been keeping you. What was this? I think it was Rob Dial. It was like anger is like letting someone live in your head rent free. Why mm. would you do that? So, and not just anybody, a beggar, mm -hmm. someone that's making your house um, all upside down. Why would you let this person stay rent free? So holding on to a anger is holding on to attachment and when you hold on to attachment i mean the psychology be behind holding being attached is that it's a comfortable feeling yeah and we again don't like being uncomfortable yeah. so we hold on to that mm. we hold on to this relationship because it's comfortable even though it's toxic it's still comfortable don't want don't want to know the unknown mm -hmm. and holding on to anger is it's a, it's it's a way of saying like oh whatever hurt you we're gonna make sure it's not gonna happen again mm. because you know your mind says i'm gonna make sure to remember every single time that you got hurt and then i'm gonna remember how you got hurt so that the next time we detect something similar we're gonna shy away from it and that's all attachment yeah i could i could go on about that but <laughs> yeah it's it, it hinders you attachment hinders your growth mm-hmm mm -hmm. I, I do have, I, I am wondering, I mean, what is the most confrontational experience uh, or experiences that you have running Women of Hong Kong that you consistently face that you have to get over? Um, my intention. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard and I've seen messages uh, uh, speaking about my intention for the network and why I do it. Mm. And... People have said, Sarah's 
running this because she's just really great at marketing. So mm. um, it's quick money for her. Right. Or Sarah's doing this because she has no friends. So now <laughs> now, now she has a lot of friends. And I'm like, or, or, or many, right? But, but regardless of what it is, the, yeah. the idea behind it is my intentions are being questioned. And mm. I'm, I'm happy for people to question my intentions because it gives me the space to prove you wrong without trying. I'm mm. just going to keep going with what I'm doing and you're going to see. You're going to see and I'm totally okay with that. And once you change your mind, please come and join us because this is an all-inclusive women's network. I hold I hold no no judgment to anyone. It's just well, I might judge you a little bit. <laughs> I'm still human, right? But hmm. there's no restriction for me here. I've had people join the network that if me and her were in the same room, we wouldn't be talking. Right. But like I said, this is for everyone. Yeah. It's not a Sarah's network. It's mm -hmm. a network for women of Hong Kong. I, I'm curious because, um, of course, uh, I think position uh, i don't i don't mean to use business terms to describe yeah, go, this community go but it. you know this is just the language i know how to use positioning women of hong kong in such a way where women support each other right yeah. i think i think that's very intelligent not not from like a growth strategy perspective but yeah. genuinely from a from the perspective that hey there are women out here who trust other women to help them grow right makes me think about men mm. makes me think about how men and women uh operate amongst themselves separately and uh of course i don't think um it's fair to generalize and say that oh women are like bitches to each other and yeah. they they don't support each other's growth whereas men are always uh you know the bro code men men support each other <laughs> this and the other the bro code right it, it does it does make me i love it no it's very true genuinely does make me wonder like okay women of hong kong exists growing year yeah. and a half is there a man out there that is trying to do something very similar with men of hong kong and if they did how would it be taken mm -hmm. and if anybody has come to you with that idea in the past because i know you have a few guys in your close circle your uh partner and his brother his best friend you opened yeah. a gym recently yeah yeah yeah, yeah with yeah. jeff jeff and bruno yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, yes, I've had, I've had men come to me and say, I like what you do. I want to do it for men. Mm -hmm. And I've also had, and I think the meeting is happening a week or two from now, somebody that's, that wants to really seriously do it. And I said the same thing to them. I said, make sure your mm -hmm. intention for doing it is not a business you know it's not a business goal you don't you you don't just make a network so that you can sell products to i've had people go like you have such a wide network let me give you commission i'm like i didn't build this for the commission mm. but if you buy memberships that money goes to supporting like the minorities the migrant workers or the yeah. virtual assistants in the philippines which i i hire virtual assistants so that we can get money to them yeah or young girls anyway sorry back no, please, to i would love to hear that as well yeah I i'll, de I'll definitely yeah. share um mm -hmm. there's a lot uh, that people don't really know about the network in terms of our activations um but to go back with men starting a community like this i would mm. say i've been asked to do it and i said no not because i don't want to but because i don't believe i'm the right person to start it i can advise in terms mm. of the technicalities of it and building the site sure but i don't i know some problems of men but i don't understand it enough to mm. be and that would just be so selfish sure sure and then then i would definitely be making money yeah <laughs> but i'm not here to do it yeah um and the men that have said i really want to do this I've noticed two things. Mm -hmm. One is they're passionate about it because I see that they needed it too when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And again, this support network with women is because I needed it when I was younger. So it just, it happened around me. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I noticed. They need, they must have needed this when they were younger. And number two, they have the same fear as I hold that stopped me from building this. That took me three years. 
I can see it because then they also have fear of judgment. What will other men think of me if I make a men's support network? You know, exactly. Like I feel like that stereotype needs to be sh taken down and shredded, and like just don't even think about it because the the people that judge you for building a community that helps anybody means that they have things to work on and. It just tells you how much this network is needed because there are men thinking like that. Yeah. I kid you not. I've had a man come to me and say, what do you do for work? Um, I run a network for women. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like a, like a dance or dancers crew or something? I was like, no, no, just a support network for women. It's a community where women come together so we can share resources and uh, just support each other, plain black. And he goes to me, he's like, why would we need that? Why would men need that? Uh, sorry, why would women need a support network? You, don't you have husbands and boyfriends? And I was like, see, that's exactly why men need to come together and help each other grow or, you know, just work on that. Sure. Because it's, it's not all men. Yeah. It's not all men, just like not all when not all women are bitches or extremely emotional. Yeah. But there are some and with a network like this, when they join it, they get influenced by others. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And yeah. I feel sorry for this guy because he had a tough conversation with me for an hour. Sure. I mean I hope it, <laughs> I hope it was fruitful because uh, because the thing is, a, a lot of these I would say misconceptions that men have about support. I mean, there are misconceptions because yeah. at the end of the day, there are these ideas attached to support, like uh, the fact mm. that it might be emasculating to ask for support or yes. help. Because yeah. as a man, you need to be strong, powerful to support yeah. a family, to support your friends, to be the the figurehead of your of your circle, um, and it's a lot of there i don't know if i should call them unwritten rules because they're not unwritten rules but they are almost unwritten expectations on men yes and i do feel like this is a big reason as to why we haven't seen a men of hong kong group that's <laughs> one reason and another one is because it might just be labeled off as like a, a boys club you know just yeah, a bunch of guys I, getting I, together yeah and uh <clears throat> you know not including women <laughs> but i'd like to believe and honestly i i believe it will happen eventually just sure. like look there weren't a lot of women that were able to have positions as leaders sure there weren't a lot of women that were allowed to even start businesses back then and mm. here we are here we are so who knows 10 15 20 years it's gonna happen i know it yeah. if it's not in this in this next 10 years, it's going to be the one after that. Because sure. time will tell you what people really need. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people act based on traumas. Sure. Right? And, but, but with social media and ev everything that's coming up right now, we're seeing all these problems and we're seeing all these solutions that have existed for years and years and years. But nobody knew. People were just doing their own thing. I'm dealing with something. I think I'm the only one, so I'm not going to speak up about it. But now you have the internet. Mm -hmm. Everybody's speaking about situations. I mean, um, I have a friend that that's running something called Million Meter Men, and they're raising money for testicular cancer. And, you mm. know, years back, you'd laugh at that. But now it's like a whole thing, and a lot mm -hmm. of people are participating. So mm -hmm. I think when it comes to men coming together, um, to do things that's much more than just a boys club it's yeah. happening soon yeah and uh yeah there is power in not looking strong i i i know for a fact that the biggest factor why men don't want to do uh like health support systems in such a large scale mm. is because it makes them look weak yeah. but what people don't realize is being so open and and honest about your weakness aka being vulnerable makes you so much more powerful because then you can address your growth yep. then you know which areas you need to work on for you first of all for yourself as a man sure and then for your kids mm -hmm. they're gonna watch you be vulnerable and be like you know what it's okay for me to be vulnerable because i get to see the parts of me that I need to work on, again, not to 
please people, mm -hmm. but so I could be the best version of myself for me. What is a life, like how is a life lived if you haven't reached your highest potential? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Living a life just being a couch potato mm -hmm. and being happy with that? I mean, mm. I applaud you, sir, and, and you know, miss if you like Netflixing all day, all night for the rest of your life, but could you imagine just living the highest version of yourself, becoming that. Mm. I think that's awesome. But you can't without addressing vulnerabilities. Mm. You can't. I think that's very well put. But I also think there is a lot of cultural implications uh, that play into this, right? Uh, yeah. You and I both come from South Asian backgrounds. Yeah. And of course, being raised in those societies, there are a lot of... Uh, challenges <laughs> yeah there's challenges. a there's a lot of challenges um when you're breaking out of the lessons that you've been taught from a very young age yeah right because you're very impressionable as a child but when you get out into the world even with the internet there are all these new ideas that are introduced to you like yeah. vulnerability is a big yes. one right yeah as a man uh of course the the old school way of thinking is you you shouldn't um embrace your vulnerabilities at least not publicly yeah. At least not publicly, uh, because it makes you seem weak. And if you yeah. are weak in the eyes of other people, then you lose your respect. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that still rings true. But like you were saying earlier, it depends on who is receiving the message. Because if a person is, is receiving the message in a way where they're um, responding with criticism, maybe they have to take a look at themselves because yes. maybe there is something that's unanswered in their own in their own life and yeah with women i know it's a completely different uh set of rules expectations um which i've proven to myself that i it's not that i'm unaware but i'm not as sensitive in that you know awareness of what a woman might be going through especially yeah. if she's from a south asian background and what kind of cultural barriers she has to overcome when going out into the world and she doesn't want to get married. She wants to go yeah. and build a career for herself. If she wants to do anything apart from what's expected of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For you, has that been a difficult journey? Um, a little, I'd say a little bit, mm -hmm. not to a point that it bothers me. I think, um, I definitely didn't, let me just word this properly. Things I did definitely were not what people expected me to do. Um, their expectations, most of people's expectations of me were much, much further than what I've achieved today. Mm -hmm. And that includes myself. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be here. Um, but, you know, holding on to these expectations of, of people, it's restricting. And like you said, maybe somebody doesn't want to get married or maybe they're married but they want to build their own their own business mm -hmm. um expectations just hold you back that's really all i can say like what do you want for yourself regardless of your family uh the cultural background and yes i understand the difficulty of doing it because nobody wants their family to be disappointed right um that goes back into what you were saying. Like, if you are seen as weak, you lose respect. So I wanted to add to that where I, I want to touch up on respect. Respect is is different from, from every single person. What you might respect would, might be different from what I respect. But I think instead of changing people's uh, perception of what women should do, shouldn't do, or what men should do, what, should, what they shouldn't do is is educating people of what is respected. Is it respected? Is Would women be more respected being in the kitchen? So, okay, if that's that's your idea of respect, I'm going mm -hmm. to stay in the kitchen because mm -hmm. I want to be respected, right? Sure. But then it's challenge, challenging that idea of respect. Yeah. Everybody has a different level of respect for themselves or like how, what they deem as respect. And like you mentioned, it's cultural, it's different. Yeah. And it's just bringing that all up to the surface and making sure that everybody is, you know, happy in their own skin. But that's such a long, big goal. 
We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I think uh, segregating men and women, just purely that is just, I just feel like the wrong way to go about it language-wise. Yeah. Like, it's so binary. Men, yeah. women. Yeah, At yeah. At the end of the day, we are all individuals. We yes. all have our own likes and dislikes, what we want out of life for <laughs> yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think res- just as long as you respect what other people are doing in a sense where, you know, they're not hurting anyone. Hmm. By all means, just go as you please. And yeah. same for me. If if what I'm doing doesn't hurt people, then, you know, let me be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think we're coming close to the end of our, our episode. Um, I asked this question uh, at the end of every episode. Um, we're all in a place in life right now that we might where we might be happy with ourselves or a place where we might not be so happy mm-hmm. a place where we want to create the opportunities for improvement for ourselves or maybe people in our lives but at the same time um they say that you should to, to understand <clears throat> the future you should learn history i think all of us have been alive for long enough that we have our own history that we yeah. can learn from and maybe a lot of us don't spend enough time thinking about our own history and the contexts and situations that we've been put in, our reactions in those situations, how things could have gone differently. But if we were to study our own lives, maybe it would help us inform our future. Yeah. So my question is, if you could, if you could send a message to a past version of yourself, what would it be? And what kind of conversation are you hoping to have with your future self? To my past self, I would say learn what boundaries mean. That would be the first thing. Um, It will save you a lot of trouble, anxiety, and heartache Mm -hmm. if you set boundaries because people pleasers don't know what that means. Um, That would be my message. Set boundaries and everything else will start to fall into place respect for yourself um the time you spend with certain people you know you don't just say yes to everything because yes is a currency you can never oh sorry saying yes to everything that's like time is a currency you could never get back it's a resource that's just not not something you can keep buying um yeah that's that's my message to my past self to my future self i'm excited to meet you (laughs) I'm excited to see where we're going because I know we're going to good places because we have good intentions for people. Mm -hmm. I know I have good intentions for people. And if anybody, like I said, if anybody thinks otherwise, I'm totally okay with that. Please address that in your own time. Um, And I look forward to seeing just people grow. Mm -hmm. There's so much abundance. Like there's no limit for if I, if, if, if I succeed sometime in my lifetime, it doesn't take away from your opportunity to succeed. Mm-hmm. What it does is it just tells you it's possible and you can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my message to my future self. I'm excited to see where we're going and to my past self. Please set boundaries. It'll save you a lot of time and heartache. That's beautiful. I mean, that message really resonates with me. And I think um, mics and cameras can only pick up so much. But I do want to say that sitting across from you for as long as we have <laughs> has been a very warm experience. Thank you. I really love the energy that you have inside of you. Clearly very passionate. And uh, I would really hope that you protect that with your life. I will. Thank you. And I just want to say I can't be this comfortable and warm unless the person right in front of me is an equal mirror of that so props to you and thank thank you you. thank you so much for carving out time for me to be here absolutely thank you for coming on to the nomadic mic